So welcome, 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 so welcome. No, stupid no question. Stupid question. Hello, Hello stupid everybody. This week's up, folks. It's for real. It's with for real. T Leak like, and Jack. Rah, rah, like a dungeon drag. What's up? No, no <laughs> specific <laughs> order. I love no stupid <laughs> questions. So <laughs> can we curse on the show? To do whatever it's we feel. Okay. Time is question for today. No. Rah, rah, like All right. Stupid. So question. Stupid question. Welcome to this episode of. My first question is, who are you? No stupid questions. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the No Stupid Questions show. I am T Leak, and I'm joined by my co hosts. What's up, people? This is Jag here. <laughs> and we are the No Stupid Questions show, the show with two smart people and one stupid question, or so we thought. <laughs> and so, Jag, you have a stupid question? To I do. I do. I do. Tee I do. Up. So the question for today is, and maybe for the, qu- the question for our time is, does our new normal include mass shootings? I don't so just, want it to. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> that just, obviously, it stole both of our breaths away. Right. Um, so, so just to give a little backdrop before you answer the question, I mean, we... Um, we had the mass shooting at the supermarket in Buffalo in, what was that, three weeks ago now? Yes. Um, and this week we had the mass shooting at the elementary school in Uvalde, Texas. Yeah, it wasn't even three weeks because the Texas shooting was 10 days after the Buffalo shooting. Okay, wow. So within the last two weeks, we've had two mass shootings. So that's the by 18 year olds. Question. Both by 18 year olds. That's correct. Which, which breaks my heart. Yeah. So, is, is does our new normal include mass shootings by teens? I would say my my instinct is to say yes, because of where we are and what we refuse to do. And I'm using we very generously because it's not my preference. But it breaks my heart to think that, to say that, to acknowledge that. And a lot of the things that I think I now perceive as our new normal, in all honesty, post-Trump, in all honesty, looking at this conservative Supreme Court, as we've talked about, all of them are very, very scary new normals, I have to say. And I just feel like this is added to the, the list. So unfortunately, I'm going to have to agree with you and say, yes, that mass shootings are a part of our new normal. No, I was hoping you would give me um, some, help me, help me over to the other side of hope. And Well, and, I, I, I do believe, I do believe there's hope and we should not be in despair. First of all, these are still very, I, I want to say very uncommon events. And, and it's hard to say that with, with this happening uh, two very public, very public, highly publicized incidents, as they should be happening in within the last 14 days or two plus weeks. That's hard to say that it's not common. It's hard to say that it's not common. You know, I, I, I believe that one of the things that we suffer from in society is learning and knowing about the most outrageous things that happen in our society in a way that previous generations would not have known. 
you know, somebody does something crazy in Idaho 30 years ago and somebody in New York City would never know about it. But mm. someone does something crazy in Idaho now and, you know, the whole world knows what that what that crazy person did because With, of the way. Within minutes. Within minutes. Maybe because of seconds. social media and, yeah. and, and conventional media. Even. The mass shootings are different. I think you would have heard about a mass shooting that you may not have heard about it within minutes, but you would have heard about a mass shooting if it was even possible a generation ago. And I say if it was even possible, because in a lot of ways it really wasn't possible. You look at these two incidents, both being perpetrated because people had assault rifles. No one had assault rifles a generation ago. We did not think that was acceptable a generation ago. You know, I was talking to my dad about this, and, and when a gun showed up in his neighborhood, he was 18. It was a 22. Hmm. Hmm. You know, you really don't want to take a 22 to a fight because somebody with a stick could neutralize someone with a 22. But when you have assault rifles, and when we allow assault rifles to be on the streets, when we allow an 18-year-old to buy two assault rifles and all the ammunition they could possibly want, things like this are going to happen. So unfortunately, I have to say yes to that, that it is part of our our new law. Well, and I want to go one step further than that, because I wholeheartedly support, as it's phrased, common sense gun laws. You know, and I I wrote this on, on my social media. I really, you know, I don't know if it was because of the proximity of the Buffalo shooting. I don't know if it was because I had gone to vote that was that Tuesday and had just gotten back from voting and going through my candidates and the problems of the world and who could fix what problems and what their platforms were. And, you know, a lot of it is talking about the changes that need to be made. And so I was very overwhelmed with everything that's going on and what, what we need to be doing because that was all sort of running around in my head. But when I saw the news, when I saw the headline kind of come up in my notifications, I was rocked. I was absolutely rocked. I literally couldn't teach the dance class that I was supposed to because I just didn't have the the energy and I cried. I literally cried and and you know I believe in you know the tension that this creates. I mean it creates this stress creates tension in our bodies. And so I stretched and I cried is what I did. I was trying to get it out both physically and emotionally. But I don't know why this one in particular felt like, maybe it felt like a tipping point. And I was just sad. I was super sad. So that is how I feel about this question, the answer to this question and, and, and what our new normal looks like. Now, I said all that to say- well, Can I stop I, you for a second, Tilly? Yes, yes. First of all, I wanna applaud you and, and I don't want to let this moment pass. But I want to applaud you for understanding yourself and understanding that you had some tension and hurt in your body that you needed to let out. Far too many people don't understand that. And I'm going to put myself in that category. Uh, as you were explaining what you did to let the tension out of your body, the stretching and the crying. First of all, 
I probably have been socialized not to cry. And, you know, that's probably something that I need to reconcile with because crying, I think, does. First of all, there is a physical response a, mm-hmm. to, to crying that, that we should not deny ourselves. So I got some work to do on myself from that standpoint. But the stretching also, I mean, you reminded me when I, growing up, and I need to find a replacement for this, but growing up, when I felt pain or anguish or anxiety or whatever, felt off in any way, I used to go out and play basketball and I would take it out on the basketball court. Mm-hmm. Might have threw a few extra elbows, boxed people out of the extra hard, and I apologize to those people for that. But <laughs> but that was my way of getting it out because exercise, the physical need to exhaust yourself in order to bring some kind of emotional catharsis. It's, it's real. And and so I want to applaud you for that. And I want to encourage our listeners to figure out what it is for them that allows them to get the tension out of their body and, and pursue that and do that. And since I can't play basketball anymore because I'm afraid I'm going to tear ACL or pull a hamstring or twist an ankle or a whole bunch <laughs> of other things that people over 50 do when they play basketball, I have to find that new thing for me. And so maybe I need to pick up stretching, which I've never been good at. But I just want to applaud you for that. I think that was an important point. And sorry if I took too long and I distracted you from what you were about to say next. But I thought it was important to stop and and just acknowledge that. That is what I was going to say next. Oh, see, I read your mind. (laughs) It occurred to me because I actually had a friend who called me at that same time and I was bawling. (laughs) And she let me bawl. And there were two things that I realized in that moment. And one was that, because she said, thank you for being vulnerable. And I realized this should not be an aberration. It shouldn't be an exception. We should all feel that we can be vulnerable. And we should all know, to your point, that we need to be vulnerable and we need to release. And we should feel comfortable with that, right? We should feel comfortable saying, hey, I need to push this meeting off because I got to take care of myself. Right. And because we don't do that, the irony is because we don't do that, we have more situations where we need to do it. Right. Right. The cycle is so vicious. The, the fact that these two 18-year-olds, one in a context that makes it even more traumatic, I'm talking about Buffalo and, of course, the, the sort of racial aspect, but both of them feeling like the answer to whatever pain they were feeling was violence. That was their outlet. Mm -hmm. So when you say, find your outlet, it is so important because if you continue to, you know, we, and we call it being strong, it's not being strong because it does not allow us it, it actually makes us weaker, both physically and mentally, to right. not let it out, to right. push, push through as we do, doesn't make us stronger. And, that, and, and, and we call it being strong, which is, again, a cultural, societal thing that we have, especially here in the U.S. And the fact that we don't, that we socialize our men not to cry, that we, and that all of that stuff gets bottled up means that. I don't think it's a, a, a mystery either that these were two males, right? Probably conditioned to bottle it up and that it had to have an outlet somewhere. 
and unfortunately it was a violent 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 act you know that again feels like there was a lot bottled up that that eventually exploded right Right. so so i appreciate you appreciating me And talking about it. And, and then the second thing that came to me in that call was that she was just like, cry, Tanya, let it go. And so she was supportive of that moment for me. And so, like you said, I encourage people to find what that is and find the people that can support them in creating that space. And if you have people that, you know, are, oh man, you know, uh, you know, come on, get over it, move on, move on. And, and you, you, you do have to at a certain point, but there's also a point at which you have to process. Right. Right? Um, and if that takes too long, get some professional help to process. And what's too long? If it becomes functional, you cannot function in your life, that it is really impeding you eventually going back to your children, your job, your whatever, then you get some professional help, right? But we should all be able to take at least a moment to breathe, to shed a tear, to whatever. So thank you. And, and you know, find, find your, I call it, you know, your tribe, but the people that will be supportive of those healthy ways of dealing with these, these times that we live in. And honestly, right. it is... Right. I mean, you touched on a lot there and, and our show could be about that, but I, I do want to get back to the topic uh, of these mass shootings. Well, first of all, I, I, I'm going to piggyback a little bit. Vulnerability. <laughs> you couldn't vulnerability, do it. You couldn't yeah, do I, it. Could, I couldn't get away. <laughs> uh, because I feel like you're speaking, I feel like, you know, this is personal for me because I struggle with this whole thing. I mean, I'm, I'm raising uh, a young man, mm. young boy, who thinks he's becoming a man. And, and so I struggle with this whole thing of be strong and the acknowledgement that he needs to understand his emotions and, and, and react appropriately and what does appropriately mean. So, you know, this topic is a, is a important topic to me. One that I know I have, I'm still on the journey and I'm still trying to understand and learn. But what I do know is that you have to have appropriate outlets and you have to allow yourself to feel what you're feeling, process it, deal with it, before you can quote unquote move on. So whatever that means for you, you have you have to figure that out and you have to lean into it and, and deal with it the right way for you. And it's gonna be different for different people. Mm-hmm. But let's get back to these mass shootings because you you said something that's interesting. I don't you didn't really compare, they're both tragic. But the one that is I hate to say this as a as a black male and knowing that the Buffalo shooting was was targeted against african-americans but the one in texas scared me a little more because i understand the culture of hate and i understand that an impressionable 18 year old is a puppet to people who push hate and may not be able to process what's an appropriate action and may end up doing something like they did in Buffalo. I say I understand, I don't really understand, but that makes more sense to me than someone shooting their grandmother in the face and then going shooting kids at elementary school. And of course, neither one makes sense, but the one in Texas to me is just outrageously, it's hard for me to process. It's hard for me to process that because what, what, what in our culture 
propels that? What in our culture allows that? What in our culture allows someone to think, to even come up with that concept? You know, you hope you can deal with hate. I say you hope you can deal with it. It's been 400 years and not really 400 years, but it's been a long time in this country where race, hatred has been a tool of a tool of a segment of our society. And, and you hope you can one day break that tool down and stop it from being effective. But what do you have to deal with it to, to, to stop what happened in Texas? I mean, that's, that's mind boggling to me. I don't know. I'm just, I'm just kind of, I'm rambling because I'm just kind of at a loss for words and, and, and thoughts on, on what happened. I, like you, I actually was kind of surprised at how much I reacted to Texas. So I agree with you for some reason. And that's why I gave all the caveats of all the things that kind of were going on that day. I don't know why that one hit me harder than Buffalo. Then Sandy Hook, I don't know if it was a point in my life that I'm at now, because that was an elementary school as well. I don't know. I don't know what, like you, it was the children. It was not only the children that were killed, but the children that experienced that, right? That have now that trauma that, you know, potentially PTSD, that they are going to have to talk about process. And like you said, what is interesting about there being so many different ways of processing is that with children in particular, you know, your parents are the guides for that. And children don't necessarily have all of the self-awareness to be able to figure out, okay, I am... I have processed this, right? So your parents have to kind of figure out something to have you do. And again, because you're in elementary school. Right. So you don't have those tools. And if your parents have one way of processing and you have another, they could send you through this process and you haven't fully really released it. And I'm sure there, you know, we could probably have a psychotherapist on to talk about that. Anyway, that's just um, one one observation. But I would agree with you that that one, again, don't know why, but this, it did hit me hard. And maybe it was because, like you said, it's the kids, and I'm used to the race thing. But you you want to you want to think that there's a bottom, <laughs> that people don't go below a certain bottom, and this was below the bottom. This was below the belt, <laughs> and it, it felt like. And, and going back to the question, this, this question of, is it our new normal? Does that include this, the normalization of this? One of the other parts of stopping and processing this is not allowing it to be just another day. To recognize that there is something wrong here, very wrong. And if only to stop and acknowledge that, it will keep it from being normalized. And, and, and so our whole process is, is actually contributing to this normalization. And that is the super scary thing. When you normalize kids, elementary school children, being 
subjected to this and not stopping and saying, whoa. And, you know, you do the typical, our prayers are with them. Wait, 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 what? Uh, You know, there was the Connecticut uh, senator. I don't know if you've seen the video. They had him and he was just, he felt kind of, it felt like he felt like I did. And I mean, he literally said this probably seven times during his speech on the Senate floor. What are we doing? As a human race, how do we watch this and not be outraged, cry, scream? What are we doing? If we don't, the humanity, literally humanity, like where is that when we just move on? That, yeah. Well, the humanity is absent, absent. Unfortunately, we have, I don't know how, how politics has has taken the humanity away from this. I mean, I understand, you know, this 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 the gun rights. You know, only in America does this type of thing happen. Only, only in America does this type of thing happen. And and you know, we're proud of being American. We're proud of the rights that we have. But at some point, we have to put some sense back into it. I mean, we 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 have legislated that. Drugs are bad for people, so we make those illegal. Assault rifles. I mean, I understand people like to go hunt deer. I understand that. So I, I, I understand. I'm in favor of people having the right to go buy a weapon that's appropriate to hunt. But when you allow the weapons that have no purpose other than to hunt human beings, other than to hunt other people, other than to hunt our neighbors. Other than war. It makes no sense. You know, I, I didn't want this to become an overly political show, but it is a political issue. And on this issue, when people wake up and decide to go to the polls and vote out people who don't hold their similar interests, then this is going to continue. And can I add to that? Because I, you know, I voted in this primary and, and I will say I'm in Georgia and Marjorie Taylor Greene was on the ballot for her primary. And she is an example of, you know, again, whatever your views are, are your views. But when you have a, your rhetoric is such that it stirs up violence or advocates violence, you are creating a, an environment where violence becomes a normalized way to release, right? All of us have issues with, I mean, fine, she's got issues with certain things that are going on, but when you advocate for violence as an acceptable form of responding, you are complicit in this normalization of violence and and, and, and you support guns and, and don't want to, to have any bans on these assault rifles, et cetera. If you put those two together, it's a damn powder keg. 
So when we say the people that support what you support, but support it, so Democrat, Republican, whatever, but support it with reasonableness. We have come to a point in our politics where we, because we're saying again, that that's the strong thing, right? Because they're being strong. Supporting violence is not strength, period, full stop. Right. And so if you have someone, I, if they agree with your point of view, et cetera, fine. But they, it's really, really, really a problem when they support it by whatever means necessary, including and specifically including violence against other people. The people that don't agree. That is not how we solve problems. That is how we create problems. Right. So. Right. All right. I don't know what else to say on this subject. Find your outlet, find your tribe, elect people that are not pro-violence. Right. Right. Can't we can't let the tail wag the dog. I mean, decency has to be louder than radicalism. No stupid questions. You can ask any question that you want or don't ask no stupid ass questions. <laughs> <laughs>